good evening and remain indoors. What's up guys, welcome to episode 3 of Remain Indoors Podcast. Um, we had some technical difficulties, didn't we Isaac? <laughs> why, why don't, don't you, talk why, about it. Why don't you tell them what happened? Uh, so, halfway through the amazing stories we get told by Don't Worry. Um, my logic, my recording software... Um, decides to crash and lose all my audio um, so you're gonna have to imagine my voice <laughs> yeah. asking these questions um, I don't know what I'm gonna do this is pre-edit uh, I guess we'll find well, you'll, you'll find out in a couple seconds but uh, yeah but honestly probably one of the most interesting. Apart from that, it's it's, it's our favourite episode so far, I think. <laughs> so, uh, I'm so sorry, guys. And, and enjoy <laughs> enjoy what's, what remains of the podcast. What's up? I'm Robot Isaac. Um, alright. So, you you guys are Ronan and Sam of Don't Worry. Am I right? That's correct. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You've got the right people. I, I think, I think so. so. I think so. I mean, I'm not really sure about anything at the moment, given the circumstances, but... I don't think anyone is. But my name it's is Ronan, and I'm here. Yeah, definitely tested the limits of who I am in the last few weeks. So. Done a lot of soul-searching. We'll see, yeah, that's it. Yeah. How are you guys? Uh, yeah, we, we, well, I'm good. Can't can't speak for us. We are coping. <laughs> coping. Well, that's that's good. Coping is good. Coping is better than not coping. Yes, ha, 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 ha. That's inspired. We're all coping. <laughs> Doing our best to. We're still here. Just. Just. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us, tell us about Don't Worry. Tell us about your band. Wow, that's a very broad question, man. Um, wow. Interpret it how you will. Shall I do my, <laughs> my very best um, press just, just release? A- like one sentence roundup? So, something I'm- like... Uh, yeah, go for it, mate. Don't worry. You're better than me. Is an indie rock band from Essex in the United Kingdom. We usually leave it there, to be honest. Not very creative people. It's to the point, if nothing else. <laughs> I don't Let know. The music speak for itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you got anything uh, better than that, Sam? I, t- I don't know, to be honest, mate. Um, Tell us about the name. Where did Don't Worry come from? Oh, the name. Fuck. Um, yeah, the name's a bit of a weird. Like, it doesn't have any real particular meaning behind it. I just think. like the sound of it. Well, yeah. Well, we were just go on, mate. You sound. I like think you got we something. were like, you know, we were we were trying to come up with a name for a long time, and Sam and I wrote a huge list of all sorts of wild names. Almost all of them were absolutely terrible, you know. <laughs> and then um, I guess Give us we a like shot, if you if if you will. A snapshot. Names that didn't I, get I think used. one of the names that was like in the shortlist before we chose Don't Worry was um was Space Bucks, as in like a fictional currency that would be used in other galaxies. 
Um, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, it's from a it's from an Adam Green film, I think. Yeah, I thought but we yeah. stole it from somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but it was that, that would have been a, cool, man. Can you remember but... any of the others, Sam? I don't, to be honest. But I remember we were texting back and forth, yeah. just like just sending each other net for like weeks. Yeah, just <laughs> whenever we thought of something, and then like really, it was just out of necessity. We had like the first demo song that we did was coming out on like a compilation and we needed a name so that's right like don't worry it'd come up a few times i think because it's just like we kept saying that to each other like oh it's fine we'll think of something like don't worry about it and then ha ha like don't worry about the name yeah almost sort of, like it just one doesn't of, matter does it just don't worry about it but like one of us suggested that should be the band name just like as a joke like not seriously and then it just kept coming up and then we just didn't have anything better the, than that really yeah once the deadline was fast approaching we felt the pressure and just went for that but then not we didn't really realize sure the whether time, it was a good band name or not but it kind of has like reggae um connotations doesn't it you know like don't worry be happy and all that you know so yeah we should yeah, have sure. we should have realized that at the time it's too late way too late to change it now but yeah i mean if you tell anybody <laughs> so, over the age of 40 <laughs> what your band's called like that's what i was just gonna say there's man. a there's yeah. a 99 chance that they're gonna say don't worry be happy or don't worry about a, a thing so um yeah you, you know you live and you learn oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how long ago was it then uh that you started a, lo- uh, a long 2014 there so yeah nearly six years ago i yeah. think it was august like, 2014 something like that the first practice yeah, we, we did, were both don't worry yeah yeah because we, we recorded the first demo deep end when we were both in our first year of uni so that would have been it would have been the summer after our first year of uni so 2014 i think yeah yeah sam and i were um we were making music together before don't worry uh I joined Sam's previous band for a short spell and then um we would uh we would play in pubs in our in our local area in Essex um just as an acoustic duo you know some covers uh-huh. and some songs that we uh we were writing ourselves and then we went off to uni and kind of reconvened and um we made some demos in my uh I was going to say dorm room but I'm not American what do we call it here um in halls, halls. yeah halls, that's yeah. right yeah um my halls and uh sam used to come over and we we'd write a few songs together we recorded a couple of them in that room and then um one of them sort of got picked up and was going to be part of this compilation and we didn't want to just release it under our names so we had to come up with a band name and then soon after that we kind of decided that we wanted it to be you know a, a rock band with a with a drummer and a bass player so that was the next step so where did yeah, you meet, f- where did you meet those guys ah so um it's uh it's it's different the drummer and bass player that are with us at the moment are uh are different people to to back then <laughs> there's, in been, there's, been, yeah. there's been a few members of don't worry <laughs> you know me and ronan are the only constants at this point yeah uh, so so but back then it was um so so Jack, the original drummer, he's from the same town in Essex as us, Harlow. Um, and I had actually played in a, a different band with Jack previously. And uh, we kind of all knew each other. It's a, 
it's a fairly small town and if you like music with guitars in it um <laughs> then you know and you're around the same age you're probably going to know everybody else from the from the town that's into that kind of thing yeah, yeah, so um i think sam and, and jack used to skate together when they were kids and you know it was all just yeah we did a we did like a local there was a thing called rock school you probably had like a similar <laughs> thing by you uh, at like the local venue and like when we were, when I was like 13, 12, 13 or something. Oh, you and Jack like, played in that together, did you? Yeah, yeah so yeah. We, we met like through that as well. Um, but yeah, it's weird how we knew, he, me and Ronan both knew Jack, but like from separate. separate yeah, and uh, the original bass player yeah. was Carmen. She's also from Harlow. Um, and uh, Carmen and Jack had played in yet, a, yet another different band previously. And so it was all just kind of... Um, you Small know, town. wrecking everyone else's bands, breaking up everyone else's <laughs> bands, poaching the best members to to form a uh, a local supergroup, I suppose. <laughs> the Don't Worry Supergroup. So, uh, it's just the people that are stupid enough to carry on, like trying to be in a band past the age of eighteen. Yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> the only ones left. Yeah. So uh, eventually they departed, and you well, are there people in between, or how did you get you to your current lineup? Um wow it's kind of, it's kind of a, a fairly long story isn't it Sam um where are we at now uh so we never re- so Carmen left quite early on in the band um she she went off to Cambridge to study at university and decided that she you know needed to take a break from music at that time in her life which was cool um uh-huh yeah yeah fair and enough and then since since then we we for a, quite a long time, we never had like a quotes official bass player. Um, our friend Connor, uh, who also plays in a different band called Redwood, who are still knocking about somewhere, um, he filled in for a few shows and then that ended up being, I don't know, maybe two years or something. Um, and then we were... We were on a European tour the first time we ever went to Europe and, and Connor couldn't come. Um, so the the support band for that tour was Lightcliffe, uh, who are a band who, are, you know, they kind of don't exist anymore, but they were very good friends of ours, one of the best bands around in London at that time. We used to play together a lot. Um, and Alex played in that band and decided that he would do both sets every night on that European tour. So he'd played in Lightcliffe and and Don't Worry every night. Damn, big man Alex. <laughs> yeah, big up Alex. Um, Man's got stamina. Yeah, and ended up doing three more tours doing that. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so um, we were in a, uh, this is weird, strange story. We were in the Czech Republic somewhere just outside of Prague. And the, the guy who put us on that night... Um, said he had somewhere for us to sleep and um it ended up being in like what we would call like the boy scouts right in england uh-huh, um, yeah, yeah. but i think in 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 the czech republic possibly lads do that a little bit um you know it goes on a bit later in their lives and that's like fairly normal there and yeah, yeah. um so they had like a like a hut in the woods 
and that was that was our place to sleep that night. Um, <laughs> it's it was a scout it, hut. Really quite strange, yeah. And um, so there were eight or nine of us on that tour, and uh, most people went back uh, went back to Prague to find a McDonald's that would be open, <laughs> so that we could all eat. Um, and they were really struggling, but the the three or four of us that were left back at the scout hut. We're, we're having a chat and uh, it was sort of coming up to the time when we were going to record um, our album. And Alex said that night that he would love to to do that with us. And and he did. And he's been playing both of us ever since. Yeah. I cannot remember Isaac's question here. Hang on. I got a question. Did you get the McDonald's? Oh, yeah, no, we, man. Did we, we, not? we didn't. Oh no, we did. We yeah, did, but we man, went yeah. to two. It was me, our friend Ryan, who was uh, driving us on that tour, and Ben, who was who was the most recent drummer in Don't Worry, um, but was playing in Lightcliff at that time. Mm. Uh, and we were in the van searching for a McDonald's, and we went to like we found a drive-through McDonald's, and, and we just like we tried to order, and they had like this like separate night menu it was like after like 10 p.m ah. it was like a limited menu or something yeah. and the like server like the woman at the at the window like just couldn't speak any english at all <laughs> and seemingly none of her colleagues and we were trying to order food for about 10 minutes for about 10 people like yeah. <laughs> she was just getting so stressed out and so in the end we were just like we were just like fuck it and we drove off and then we ended up going into central prague at like like 1 a.m and it was like absolutely rammed and like just like british like stag parties and stuff like (laughs) laughing my ass off and we ended up like parking on like a tram track i think and then like quickly (laughs) running into mcdonald's and like picking up whatever we could get like and just come back with like a bunch of random stuff i don't I was, I was like yeah i'm vegetarian so i don't even think i think i just had like some chips and that was it like (laughs) But after like all of that effort, it, I just wanted to go to bed and yeah. I think the McDonald's everyone when we come back. I think it gave us a like a taste of um, normality in a very not normal situation. So <laughs> a taste of home. <laughs> but it big up that weird. guy for putting us on in Prague and letting us sleep in his scout hut. Nice one. Yeah, Prague's amazing. What's it like touring so early on in your career? Um, yeah, I guess we did do it kind of early on. We we played in Europe the first time before we had an LP out, which I guess is fairly unusual. Um, I'd just seen friends' bands do it and I knew that it was possible and we, we really wanted to do it. Even if there was nobody there at the shows, we just wanted the experience of uh, of going there and doing it. Um, luckily, there were some people at some of the shows, you know, so... So it was worthwhile. Yeah, it was a yeah mad experience. Um, I think on that first tour there were maybe there were maybe certainly one, maybe two or three shows that that weren't great, but the majority of them were were definitely worthwhile. Yeah, it's always a risk, like booking DIY tours anyway, like but especially in places where you don't know anyone. Yeah, and like no one knows you really. So you're just kind of hoping for the best and it's like contacts that have been passed on from other people. But yeah, so it's very hit or miss, but you kind of, we sort of knew it would be. I think like 
the first couple of shows on that tour were uh, like amazing and like surpassed expectations and then we had like a couple of really bad ones and caught that kind of brought us back down to earth you know mm -hmm. but yeah you just kind of enjoy it's not even just playing the shows it was just amazing to like drive around europe with your mates and yeah. like there aren't many other reasons the first time. that you can do that are there you know um it's, it's unlikely yeah, that you're gonna find yeah. yourself in a van with six or seven of your friends driving around to different countries um unless you play in a in a rock band or you know you're in a football team yeah, or something you, you know like so you could go like interrailing or whatever like people do that yeah. but you've, you've got to spend money on like hostels and food and like whatever else you're gonna do like when you're playing shows in europe like one of the best things about playing in europe is that you you get treated so well as a band, like even at that like really small level, you know, we mm -hmm. got treated so well, like a place to stay every night, like yeah. usually a meal every night and drinks. Like Sometimes breakfast too. Uh, right? Yeah. And breakfast too. So <laughs> it's like, you don't, you don't really end up, you don't really end up spending that much money unless you want to. And like, so it's quite a, quite a unique way to like travel as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was like obviously the most enjoyable thing about it. It was cool to play the shows too. And there were a few like really good ones. And we met some great people that meant that like the next time we went back, it was even better and we had more help yeah. in better shows. So, And also just friends, like yeah. people that we, that we regularly keep in touch with, you know, that we met on that first European tour. So it's it's yeah, worthwhile. Sure. Do it if you can. Yeah, I'd love to if I could. I'd love to one day. While you still one can. Day. While you still can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Not at the moment. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. By the time the virus is over, they'll you know Brexit will be Brexited, and then it may it may or may not be very difficult for for UK bands to go to mainland Europe. But we'll have to wait and see, won't we? As an yeah. amateur musician myself, I think it would be really cool to have the opportunity to travel around Europe as a band. Yeah. For sure, man. Yeah. I think like, yeah, we just, we never really thought twice about it, did we? Like it was kind of, we never expected like that opportunity to just like come to us, you know, like for someone to come along and, and just offer us this like package deal tour, yeah, you know? And so like happen, yeah. we wanted, we wanted, we wanted to do it. So like... And we we knew that you could, it was doable. You know, we'd seen other bands like, and so many bands like spend their whole career just doing DIY tours and yes, yeah, it's, 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 it is doable, you know, but obviously there is an element of risk to it. Like you, you probably will lose money. You know, we've been lucky. We haven't lost too much money doing it over the years, but yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, you've got to be sensible if you're doing it, you know. You've got to make sure that the the money that you're getting paid for each show is is a guarantee rather than like a, a you know, like a door split. And you've got to make sure that that total mm -hmm. amount of guarantees coming back in is going to at least cover uh, the money that you've spent on the van and, and the petrol. And then as a DIY band, you just have to, certainly when you're starting out, you just have to accept that, all the money you're going to spend on food and anything else along the way is going to have to come out of your own pocket and you're going to have to kind of treat it as like a 
uh, part tour, part holiday with your friends, you know? Like at the same time yeah, yeah. where a lot of people are going to, uh, I don't know, some island somewhere hot, you know, with their friends after they, uh, you know, finish uni or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of other people choose to to start a band and and I guess that's their version of doing that as well. Um where they can listen to music that they that they like and meet people that are more like minded. But yeah, it's 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 certainly partly partly a tour and partly something that you have to invest your own time and, and effort and money into. Uh and then every time you do it it gets a little bit easier, a little bit better and a little bit more uh reward comes back, I guess. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Cool. For sure. Tell us about the worst experience you've had at a show, like where things for whatever reason just didn't break your way. When we've put on a DIY show. Yeah. I guess we have to tell the uh the story, don't we, Sam? <laughs> the story. I like Don't that. build it up too much. But so you mean like worst show basically? Yeah. Yeah, it's that story, well, isn't we, it? Yeah. On that first tour, yeah, we we played as I say, like the first couple of shows in mainland Europe were like really good. We played in Lille uh and a place called the DIY Caf and yeah, like obviously none of us had toured in Europe before and we got got there, everyone was super nice, got dinner, got drinks, like even that alone was like amazing. Yeah, and in and France, then, like people um speak less english than they do in some of the other nearby european countries where where bands often uh-huh, tour yeah. but even even in france like we could tell that although there was certainly a language barrier we we knew that everybody was into it and everybody was there for a good time you know it was it was very nice yeah and and like quite a lot of people turned up for the show which was like unexpected as well yeah. so that was cool and then the following night we played a house show in a place called Ghent in Belgium, which is like a beautiful city. It's kind of like Amsterdam. It's like very studenty. Uh-huh. Uh, and we played a house show there mm. uh, and made friends with the people that put on the show and the girls that lived in the house. And, and we're still friends with all of them to this day. Um, and that was like such a fun night. You know, the show was really good. And then just meeting all of those people and hanging out and, yeah, it was, it was really like, I think we were all saying it was like the best day of our lives, you know, it was like amazing. And then, so we were all like on cloud nine at this point, the next day, <laughs> uh, we had a show booked in a town called Helene, which is in like the south, south of the Netherlands. Uh, uh-huh. There's like not really much there, like, because Amsterdam and Rotterdam and all the big cities in the Netherlands are like up north. Uh, mm-hmm. So we didn't know much about it, but like it's just a show. And, we, and the guy who was putting it on like messaged us on Facebook. It was a, it was a that morning friend saying, of a friend, you know, like uh, somebody just passed on the contact and said, oh, I think this person is putting on shows in the Netherlands if you're interested. <laughs> and, you know, I think when we were booking it, like it was more like, oh, well, if we play in the Netherlands, then we're, we're playing in seven countries instead of six or, or whatever it was, you know? So it kind of feels oh, yeah. more like, um, accomplished or 
something like and that. And there's an element know? of just trying to fill the gaps, like yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, like when you're booking your first like European tour or whatever, and you don't know anyone, like you, you know, you, you sometimes you might take a chance if you don't know much about the place or the person who's putting it on. You know, it's a show. You know, it means you. Yeah. And if if you got you've been promised a guarantee and which you stuff, did, then yeah, why not? So yeah, um, we got. But anyway, like the morning of the show, like we got. We're still in Ghent and we're about to, we're sort of deciding what we're going to do and for the day and what time we're going to arrive in Helene. And then the guy messaged us saying, if you get here a couple hours early, like my friend's having a barbecue. So like you guys can come and we've got food uh-huh, for you yeah. and beers. So we were, and we were like, all just sick, like, yeah, barbecue. Yes. Dutch barbecue, like, man. Let's do it. <laughs> like, and on top of like how good we were already feeling, it was like, this is the best, like this is the life. Uh, uh-huh, yeah. and so yeah like we, we agreed we said we'll come for like four o'clock or whatever come to this barbecue and then we get to this town and it's like it's a sunday uh yeah. and it's kind of i think it's basically it's a small town and, and there's a huge like um chemical like nu- not nuclear, but like some sort of chemical plant. I think it was like, a plastic uh-huh. factory, huge. like a, a big huge oh, right. plant you, where they make plastic products. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it was huge. They like as far as the eye can see, and then this like little town on the side of it, like Springfield, only exists, like the Simpsons, really. right? It, that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the only way I can describe it. Where it's there's like this whole school, town like, that just exists for people who work in this factory yeah, to yeah, live yeah. with their families. It's like you a know, little industrial like, town. Yeah, like yeah. a traditional like mining town or something like. I, I think even we looked into it, and I think there was like mines there before the factory was there. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. So yeah, and it was kind of like yeah. So we roll in, and we're like, "This is a bit weird," and it was super quiet. Like, just didn't see anyone. <laughs> yeah, um, pulled up outside the venue, which was called. Let's block uh, that out so that we just... don't ruin all of their business for the rest of their lives. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Should we clap just to notify that? But No, it's cool. <laughs> They'll find it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like super quiet, pull up outside the the place and like it's pretty, looks pretty like grotty, uh, pretty run down. And then, we parked up outside, Mate. didn't we? And we couldn't get in yep. touch with with the guy. I, I think the yeah, the guy that put on the show also like owned and run the venue that the show was going to be in. Uh huh. Um, and you know, my only contact with with him was via Facebook messaging from my own Facebook to to the page that he had for his bar. You know, like I had no email address, no phone number. You know, you're in a different country and um, he's just not answering. He's not replying to the messages and we're all thinking, shit. Oh, no. but, but he'd messaged us earlier that day to tell us about the barbecue. So we knew he was there somewhere. So we, we just waited outside the um, the venue and and eventually he did, he did come down and greet us. And we thought, oh, okay, it's all good. We're, we're going to be okay. Although we hadn't seen a single other soul in this whole town there was there was nobody at all <laughs> it was just dead just an empty town yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know if you want to take over yeah. again there sam yeah and then he led us in so he was like we had a, we weren't going to unload because it was still quite early and 
he was like we'll go to the barbecue first so but he showed us the venue so he led us in like through a side door and it kind of felt like we were going through like someone's house it was like a kitchen and then there's just like this old dude sitting there and then we got into the bar and yeah it just looked like a pretty run down like pub bar venue like had a stage in the corner very dusty but it yeah, was. It, was, it, yeah it was kind of like a it, like a metal bar vibe yeah man so like uh-huh, yeah. you know like motorhead posters very rock and roll and there it was <laughs> and like a stag's head and yeah. like pinball machine yeah and there was a there was a dude like stuck in like the bar and he was like chain smoking like inside which is fairly normal in yeah in europe like in the netherlands and germany and stuff but still quite jarring when you see it you know? yeah <laughs> just because we're not used to it just like someone chuffing away like inside <laughs> and you, it was like you know in a venue's got that kind of like sticky but like not in i don't know not in a like romantic way like some diy venues that you love like where they're really grotty it was just like this is pretty grim in it yeah um, like if you were from that town after. you wouldn't you wouldn't go for a, a drink there with your friends you know oh no but yeah so we had a beer which was nice we were all feeling a little bit like on edge like nothing had really happened but uh-huh. it was just like this is just a bit weird and the, and the, yeah. the guy was nice enough and then yeah so we're all sitting there like okay let's just see what happens um and then did he speak to you about um ronan about i can't remember what he said but he said something about like not having promoted the show or yeah he said um <laughs> like it, it, he said it something was... along the lines of um so guys i've you know he'd, he'd been experiencing some some difficulties in his personal life at the time which which obviously on a, on a human level yeah, you've got to have yeah. empathy for you know like poor guy i don't know don't know exactly what he was dealing with but but he hadn't taken the time to to tell us that in the lead up to the show or perhaps if he thought that he hadn't promoted it at all then he could have given us a few weeks warning and perhaps we could have um booked a different show or something like that but yeah but he just told us after we'd already arrived at his bar you know so it was kind of like <laughs> oh shit man you know like well well okay you know you haven't promoted the show but i guess as long as we get the money that you told us you were going to give us and we don't oh, have to uh, oh. to lose any any money on the tour, then oh, it's, it's, it's... it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, I didn't, <laughs> didn't say that in that initial conversation, but I thought I'd just let, how, you know, let the night pan out, see how it goes. Um, and at that point, I think he said, let's go to the barbecue, didn't he, Sam? Yeah, yeah. So we like, I think, I think he drove over there and then we followed on in the van. Uh and yeah, I think we were all a bit weirded out by that, like what you were saying about not promoting it because like we hadn't seen anyone either. It's a Sunday. We were like, no one's going to come. Yeah. And he, he seemed like so like lackadaisical. Like he was he, like, he, like he, he seemed to regret the fact that he hadn't promoted it, but yeah. he, he didn't seem to care like as much as you'd hope, hope. as yeah. you'd like, as yeah. you'd hope. But yeah, so we, we get to this barbecue and then we're all, we're not like, I don't think anyone's like scared or like There was a bit outside worried, the barbecue but, first, wasn't there? With the um, Yeah. So we kind of pull up to this like street that just looks like, 
I guess it just looks like a suburban street in in England, you know, uh, not nothing fancy, oh, yeah. like just a, uh, you know, regular. And um, there was one house that was, uh, let's say, a little bit rougher around the edges than some of the houses either side of it. <laughs> and we would think, oh, I, I no. bet, bet the barbecues in there, you know. Um, <laughs> and then these these two guys walked across the street in front of the van, and. Um, one of them was, you know, ordinary looking. And the other one was like very tall, as I guess a lot of Dutch men are, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And he had like plaited red hair that went in a ponytail, a plaited ponytail all the way down to like the backs of his knees with all sorts of like, um, <laughs> like uh, scrunchies, you know, all, all the way up it. And I thought, yeah, yeah. you know, nice hair effort. But also this man was carrying a literal pitchfork, like a three-pronged <laughs> pitchfork. You don't want to fuck with this guy. Um, you know, that like <laughs> cartoons of the devil hold. Oh, God, no. Yeah. So we thought, that's a strange-looking fellow. <laughs> um, hope he isn't going to the same barbecue as us, because at this point, other than matey from the venue, these were the first two people we'd seen in the entire town. Um, and they walked into that house. Of course they did, you know. And um, then our friend from the venue is uh, so 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 here here we are we're at the barbecue let's go in so we're all <laughs> thinking shit you know like this is not gonna be the sort of barbecue we were expecting so on the on the Facebook chat I have no idea how old this this guy is that I'm talking to that's booking the show or or anything like that <laughs> and we were just thinking it was gonna be more of what we'd had the the previous night in Belgium you know but it couldn't have been more different. <laughs> what happened then Sam but yes so then we're in the barbecue you know there's like f how many people do you, would you say there's there like seven max there's like the two guys we saw walking in like the pitchfork guy and his mate the promoter and then like the wife like of the pitchfork man and um, <laughs> I think their son and their son's girlfriend who were both maybe in their early 20s Right, oh, right. All right. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe one other. And yeah, so like everyone's like very excitable, like like offering us food and beer like straight away, which is very nice. Yeah, loads of pickled uh, gherkins. Loads of them. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere they were. And it, I think most of the, yeah, they were all drinking and they they were getting like progressively more pissed like as time went on and we're just sitting there you know like eating and at first we're, we're all quite relaxed because it's like oh this is quite nice like actually and it's very kind of them to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like be, be giving us all this food and drink and and but the night goes on and on and then we're kind of thinking like when is the show when are we going to go and like set up and and sound check and <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's like seven o'clock already and we're like so we asked the promoter and he was like, oh, oh, I think he said, like, we we don't have to do the show if you don't want to. And we were just like, oh. <laughs> well, that's why we're here, mate. Like, <laughs> We've driven all the way from England. <laughs> We'd like England. to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so we, We'd we, like we to would do like the show, to do it, yeah. if possible. <laughs> uh, and so he was like, yeah, um, my friend here is doing the sound. I think it was like that was one of the younger guys yeah, uh, yeah. was doing the sound. Uh and he was like, yeah, we'll go over in a minute to set up. Uh, and he said, a few what weird... sort of music do you play? 
is it metal? And we said, no, no, it's not. It's uh, it's not metal. Um, sorry, you know. Uh, oh, okay, what what sort of music is it? So so we said, oh yeah, like alternative rock, indie rock, whatever you want to call it. And he was like, oh, like Seether. Uh, I don't know if you guys know the band <laughs> Seether, but but they're a um, a South African band that that sounds an awful lot like Nirvana, um, but maybe slightly okay. more kind of. Um, uh, like a bit more metal, a bit more sort of like goffy, maybe. Um, uh-huh, yeah. And we don't sound like Sifa, you know, but um, <laughs> he, he, he thought we maybe we would. Uh, and that's so that's that what we were dealing with. You know? Yeah. And a few weird things had happened at the barbecue. Like the dude with the long hair and the pitchfork had like sat on our pal Jimmy's lap. Yeah, just like out of the blue, <laughs> and was like, and he sort of trying to kiss his him, neck, like not in a yeah, not not in a way that that um that means he needs to be arrested or anything like that, but but just um just in a in a deeply uncomfortable in a certainly way. very socially unacceptable way, yeah, yeah just crossing some boundaries, like. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so there's a few bits like that, and yeah, so 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 but, uh, Ryan, our driver and I um basically I sort of was looking around the house thinking this is strange and I'd gone to the toilet and I'd closed the door behind me and I kind of had a little moment like I feel very uncomfortable in this house (laughs) and after the guys just sat on Jimmy and tried to kiss him for for a laugh you know and um oh no uh they they were just grilling lamb consistently you know and some people (laughs) on the tour ate meat and others didn't and they were just like forcing the people who did eat meat to to continually eat these like lamb meatballs that they'd make and and they would shout at Alex uh, who was playing bass in both bands at the time like Alex meatball meatball and Alex would just keep <laughs> he just like couldn't, he just couldn't say no to them yeah, he was like yeah, he must have had like thirty five meatballs or something yeah, man Alex and Jim like had yeah just had plates and plates of meatballs yeah like. Just because they were both like too polite to say no, yeah. and these people just kept offering, and it kept getting very, very strange. And like they were saying, like a, a few sort of, um, you know, in, inappropriate things, and I could feel the situation escalating, and I, I was worried that it was gonna get worse than it already was. And I knew that myself and Ryan, our driver, I guess for lack of a better description, were just the two biggest lumps on the tour you know so i was like ryan can i have a word of you please mate like in the van outside um and basically ryan and i sat and and discussed briefly like if it all kicks off are you gonna back me you know like um, because there's quite a lot of men in that room that we don't know so if it does if the shit does hit the fan are you gonna you're gonna be there for me and of course we were there for each other and I think I'd text the group chat that we had, yeah, saying, "Guys, we've got to go. We've got to fucking go now." You know, because I've no. You text me. <laughs> you text me like, "We've got to go now" or something. And I like, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, what? I was like, because obviously it was it was getting weird, but like, not. I wasn't personally like worried or like scared at that point, or like I didn't think it was going to kick off. I was just like, "This is extremely weird," and I feel very uncomfortable. Uh, and like everyone was sort of in and around that kind of vibe mm-hmm. 
And you text that and I was like, what? Like, what have they seen? <laughs> like, have they seen something like fucked up outside? And so like I showed Ben, like I passed him my phone and he dropped my phone like when he saw the message. And I actually cracked the screen. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a new iPhone just like, what the, time, the right? fuck? Like, like, yeah, yeah. Or something. You, you realise where the meatballs are yeah. coming from. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, know, we, we did actually so have they seen that. people see like corpse, walking through the street in like cloaks or something? Like We were like, I didn't see any packets cloaks. where this meat is coming from. I don't know where the fuck this meat's come from. It could be lamb. It might not yeah. be. I don't know. So, yeah, I just felt, I felt that certainly after the kiss, I was like, this is uh, wholly inappropriate and we might have to do something about it. But luckily we didn't. And um Shortly after then, we all left and and went to the venue, right? I think we were just like, at that point, we were just like, made it very clear that we wanted to go to the venue. Yeah. And they were cool with that. And we headed over there, set up for the show. Loaded our stuff uh, out, like, hours after we would normally. And um, yeah. Jack, at the time, had his uh, his kit in the van that, that both he and Ben from Lightcliffe were, were using for the tour. And it was like a kind of pearlescent purple finish on the shells. Uh, I guess it kind of looks pink, uh, which is, for the record, the best colour. Um, <laughs> the, but your guitar is, is a pink, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. But uh, this 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 dude, the Seether dude, was like, um, "Oh, so you haven't? Oh, I'm not going to do the accent. That's terrible. Sorry <laughs> about that." Um, he was like, "Oh, so you've got." a pink drum kit and and jack was like yeah yeah and he was like so you're a sissy drummer <laughs> oh no oh no and we were just like oh we for just fuck's like- sake man you know like we've just got all through that painful barbecue experience and now now you're um being homophobic like regardless of of <laughs> anyone's actual sexuality you're being very inappropriate mate you know like so that added um fuel to the fire yeah, and then, like, I think that was the least enthusiastic I've ever been on stage. Like, we we played our sets and just, like, rushed them, <laughs> both bands. How did the uh, set go? And we... Oh, man. Uh, I've yeah, never like, been that as uncomfortable say, just... on stage, you know? Like, Lightcliff played and we were literally the only... The people from the barbecue and, and the members of Don't Worry were the only people watching Lightcliff and, and obviously, likewise, the same when we played. Yeah. Um and i've never you know wanted something to be over quicker and um we were we were Hello? playing and they were shouting play metallica play going? metallica oh no are you guys still there ronan ah <laughs> <laughs> all right cool we're back we're back so uh what where what did you hear last you never i think Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I'd never, I'd never wanted a um, performance to be over quicker than that night, you know. <laughs> and we were, we were, we had like a couple. I think of I had sets. my coat on for the whole set, like so you could rush out. Just, I there. didn't even take my coat off. We had a couple of sets on the tour, like a long one and a short one, depending on how responsive the crowd were, I guess. Uh-huh, and so, yeah. obviously, we we played the short one, and uh, part way through, they're all shouting, "Play Metallica! Play Metallica!" <laughs> and I I just like I don't know why like from when I was a kid like I just knew like the first five seconds of I think the song One by Metallica uh-huh. um, 
So I just like played that on my guitar as, you know, for, for a joke. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they all like started cheering, you know, like, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know <laughs> any more of that song. You know, I was just messing around. Uh, and of course they didn't want to hear the other songs of, of ours that we were about <laughs> to play, but we, we quickly rushed through them and um, packed up super quick time. And we were all just so uncomfortable. And the guy was like, Oh, thank you for still for still coming to play. And you know, he's kind of a sweet guy anyway, uh-huh. you know, despite all of this. And uh he was like, So uh you can all you can all sleep upstairs in on the kitchen floor. Uh I've like made sure there's enough space for all all eight of you to or nine of you to lay down. And we were thinking, fuck, like so we're sitting in the van outside, which was parked directly outside the venue, and um we were just thinking, we I can't, I can't, st- we can't stay there. It's it's, it's not, it's not right, you know. We're so end up as meatballs. Yeah, we're gonna end up as <laughs> meatballs. It. Something's gonna go wrong. Someone's gonna try and kiss Jimmy again. It's all gonna be inappropriate. So so we got back in touch with um, the people who lived in the house in Ghent where we'd played the night before, and they uh, very kindly agreed for us to to drive all the way back to Belgium from from where we were so that we had somewhere safe to sleep uh which was kind of insane looking back because the night after that we were playing in hamburg which is it's quite far away drive, from belgium yeah. so um we we did yeah that. it was a seven hour drive from ghent and it would have yeah basically added like two and a half hours going back <laughs> to belgium onto our drive the following day yeah but like none of us cared we were just like so stoked to be able to stay leave here. and go somewhere else yeah but before we did, we we had to get the money right that he'd agreed to give us. So I can't remember how much it was back then, but not very much, you know, just enough to to cover the expenses. And uh-huh. um, so again, I'd I'd looked to Ryan and I'd thought like, can you stand somewhere near the uh, <laughs> the back room there while I go in and ask him for the money? And so he did, and. Uh, I walked in and I said, have you, have you got that money, please, mate? And he said, yeah, let me just go and get it. And I thought, fuck, right, okay. So he's going upstairs to go and get it. And for all I know, he was going to come back down with a fucking revolver or something, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, he um, he he just come back down and, and handed me the money and said thank you. And uh, I just sort of sheepishly said, uh, no, we're not going to stay here tonight, actually, mate. We've got friends nearby, so um, thank you for everything. Um see you later so we all uh, we all jumped in the van as quick as we could and and drove off into the night and uh we actually <laughs> in the night went past the famous plastics chemicals factory <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever it was and it was booming away you know pillows of smoke coming out and the whole thing was just kind of um uh scenic you know it's not somewhere you want to <laughs> it's not somewhere you want to stay overnight and and we went to uh, uh, McDonald's. Comes up a lot in our stories, doesn't it? <laughs> but we went to uh, we went to a twenty four hour drive through McDonald's somewhere in the countryside in in the Netherlands, and um, felt like we were back in in reality once more. <laughs> and I think that's the end of our <laughs> Helene story, isn't it? Pretty convoluted, that was, yeah. yeah. That's like eating up half the that podcast. Was, yeah, that was yeah. Nah, yeah, that was. <laughs> I hope you liked it. Sorry to anybody yeah, listening thanks. in Helene in the Netherlands. I'm sure your town's beautiful. <laughs> was it worth it for the story? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. P- people ask in us, hindsight, what's yeah. the worst show we've ever played? And people say, what's your 
you know, craziest tour story. Um, and it's that one, you know. So if we didn't do that, we wouldn't we wouldn't have that to tell. One to tell the kids. <laughs> I think I remember it like saying at the time, like, don't worry, boys, this will be this will be a good story. <laughs> Once we've got, once we've got over it, like. yeah. <laughs> but the next, next couple of days we were de definitely like, there was a weird energy in the van. Yeah. It took us a little while to like, feel like people again, you know, and we went to Hamburg the next day. And although the show wasn't the best, it was, um, the atmosphere was certainly vastly better than, than the show before. So yeah. Onwards and upwards. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so we could talk a bit about um, your LP, Who Cares Anyway? Yeah, sure. Um, so that came out uh, 2018, I think. That's right. Yeah, I think June or July yeah, 2018. Um, how did that go? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, tell us a bit about writing that. Uh, I, I guess that was... Um, we'd started writing that around the same time as the story we just told, you know? We... Um, we're not one of these bands that just churns out, you know, loads and loads of songs all the time. We 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 seem to write fairly slowly, I guess, compared to some friends I've got, you know. But um, you know, so we'd be work we'd been working on the album for some time before we actually. I think it was booked beginning a, of that year, like yeah, before we actually booked yeah, the um, the studio time, and. Uh, yeah, what can we say about the writing process, really, Sam? I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you're right. It's it's usually like we've tended to like decide that we're gonna write an EP or that we're gonna write an LP. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're not like writing all the time, and then when we have enough songs, we're like, oh, let's do an EP or let's do an LP. You know, it's kind of yeah. a bit more deliberate, and I guess yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just the way we seem to work best. Uh, so you both, sorry. and yeah. So we start. Oh, you what's both that, songs for the album. Do you do you write them separate? Like, how does that work? Do, does one of you come up with, or like lyrics? wise who like, comes up with the initial yeah. idea for a song? Yeah, it varies. Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, like gem most often it'll be like either me or Ronan all have like the bones of a song. You know, even if it's just like a intro, verse, chorus. And like that, even just a vocal me melody, maybe not even any lyrics, and bring that to yeah. I guess one of us will have and, something. and then flesh it out together. Yeah, but yeah, it, like I guess um, usually in the past, it's it's usually been like either either Sam or me will have something, and then we show it to the other one before we show it to the full band, and and usually try to come up with like something that's that's worthy of a of a practice room if that makes sense mm -hmm. and um and then you know get yeah and other times like one of us will have like pretty much a fully formed yeah song like guitar and vocals that's ready to just like bring to the like full band setup yeah and be fleshed out from there and obviously so we're, that kind of varies um, we're a band with with two front men if you like yeah. you know so there's two lead vocalists. Neither of us are necessarily the rhythm or lead guitar player. It all depends on whether or not we're we're singing lead in that song. Yeah. Um, so usually we just kind of accommodate each other's ideas and um, 
help each other to to flesh out and develop and evolve the ideas that we've got and then definitely and then make it into a full band song you know and it usually ends up being pretty like even yeah you know like the songs that we both yeah contribute like the lead songwriting part too as that's that's never really been a conscious thing has it no, it's just, it's just, it's just somehow happens, kind yeah. of ended up pretty even on like every release yeah both in, so. in each individual song and also like the amount of songs where where one of us sings lead and, and the other one sings lead, you know, it just usually ends up being fairly evenly split. Mm. So we um we we kept we kept doing that until we had um twelve or thirteen solid ideas for songs, I suppose. Maybe dropped one or two of them. How many tracks is there on the album? Eleven, I think. Um so we did that we did a bit of pre-production um at a local studio out in essex and um spent a few you know we hired out the room for for i think three days solidly so that we would be the only band going in there Mm. for that time and we just kind of smashed through playing the songs uh you know again and again and again because we knew that um we were going to record the album kind of partly live, uh, not live in its, in its truest sense, but yeah. uh, we basically what we did is we all stood in a room. This is for the final album tracking um, in, in a live room where the drums were being recorded live with microphones mm-hmm. And the two guitars and the bass guitar were going through some some fancy DI boxes yeah. uh, straight into into the producer's interface. And um, what we did after that was use those DI signals to reamp the guitars, um, oh, so cool. that we could, you know, experiment with different sort of uh, amplifiers and effects yeah, pedals yeah, and yeah. different tonal properties. Um, we we did that for the whole album, but we did end up uh, we did end up uh, overdubbing quite a few guitar parts and completely redoing. Yeah, it was mainly some like the parts. rhythm. Yeah, it was mainly like the rhythm parts that we like reamped, and then like lead parts or only like parts that we wanted to like feature more yeah. prominently. Yeah. We yeah we overdubbed or like recorded. Like yeah, straight through the amp, like and we always planned for the vocals to be recorded afterwards, yeah. anyway. Um, and any additional percussion and whatever else there's on, there's on there. Um, which was, you know, so it's it's not truly live, but it's it's something between live and and you know doing it real studio based, which was a was an effort to try and capture uh, what we feel like, you know, we have like a live energy we feel, you know, which is very difficult to capture if you're just doing like, right, let's record the drums. Now let's put the bass on top of that. And then the rhythm guitar. Um, when you do it that way, if you're not careful, a recording can quickly become kind of, uh, sterile. And we, we were, we were, you know, conscious of not wanting that to happen. Mm -hmm. So it went okay. Yeah. I think it was just trying something, different wasn't it like i think we've learned a lot since then and like probably wouldn't do it that way again but like no it was it was good to to try it and i think it made us think a lot more 
carefully about like ways of recording and like before that we did just used to like for for our EPs and stuff like we yeah. just went in and like laid everything down like on top of each yeah. other you know like track by track and didn't really think too much about it but we knew because it was our first album and stuff and we wanted to yeah we, we, we're one of these bands where we it. like to sort of immerse ourselves in the in the recording mm. process like s- some bands will will uh you know just book a day here and there whenever they can fit it into their mm-hmm. yeah. personal lives um or obviously if you're if you're lucky enough to be in a band where you're earning a living from it then that's a whole different equation but yeah, yeah. but we we always tried to um you know make it so that we could book two weeks off of work and cl- clear our schedules and just go away to the studio and and the album was recorded in Leeds um with Bob Cooper at his previous studio uh in Headingley so there was a space in the in the property for us to to sleep every night That's oh, so yeah. we were we were able to like just completely focus on the album for two weeks uh without having to wow. do and we did some, anything else yeah Bob let us like go into the live room like at night as well when he wasn't there yeah. to do a few bits like which is really cool I think him. we recorded like, Bird in that so, situation right when it was nighttime. Bob had gone home, and we did that song, the acoustic yeah. track "Bird." Yeah, yeah. Oh, without no. him, I think. Yeah. And we did some like percussion and like other little bits that we wanted to like add on. You know, we really squeezed as much as we could out of the time. Yeah. And like Bob, it's very cool of Bob to like let us indulge that much and. You know, because really we were just paying for the hours that we were there, but like you know, he it was like a real sort of collaboration, and he was like, yeah, he's been a great mate it. over the years, Bob, for sure. You know, we we um so everything from the pillow Chester drawers split single onwards has all been recorded with Bob um, at two different places, I believe. Is that right, Sam? Two or three different places, even, and um, yeah, legend. Yeah legend of the scene good lad big up bob big up bob exactly for sure. <laughs> for sure i don't think he needs any um any plugs but he, there's no. one for you <laughs> <laughs> cool. right i think we should wrap it up because it's been quite a long episode um a few things yeah, yeah. Should, it was yeah, almost help, entirely but... about about our our netherlands experience no, but um really really yeah. interesting it was story. a fucking great story <laughs> I hope you guys and uh, anyone listening this. thinks that that's uh, worth hearing. Yeah, I felt like I was there. So. Just... Yeah, you did a great job. Good, of good. Like, nice. We, we like we live in it for us. Maybe you should just rebrand the podcast like Tour Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that it's can just be the theme idea. from now on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Thank you so much right, for yeah. coming on. No worries. Yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. Nice one. Yeah, we've actually never done a podcast before, so perhaps um, as we get further into our podcast career, we'll learn to uh, compartmentalize the time that we have and not ramble on for too long <laughs> about one particular subject. We're in pretty much the same um, yeah, it's been... boat, to be honest. We're, we, we've cool, got no clue cool. what the fuck we're doing either. <laughs> I guess this no, is man. the part where yeah. we say we are still a band, despite it having been 18 months since the 
or 18 months or more since the release of our debut LP. Still right. um, we're, we're writing mu- music. We're it's it's difficult now that oh, we're in yeah, quarantine, definitely. right? You know, yeah. but um, Alex, the bass player, is um, kind of a weird at, at Logic and and uh, what's the other one called, Sam? The, the fancy one that everyone uses, Ableton. Ableton yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, Ableton. So he does that, and he's like programming drums for demos, and yeah, we're um, recording our parts, trying and to sending them back and forth, be productive, trying to be as productive as we can, despite not being able to meet up in person. So it's good. hopefully That's we'll good. be able to use this time for something productive and something creative, and maybe if we're lucky, there might still be time in 2020 to record the second album but we'll have to wait and see how this apocalyptic scenario goes right teasing (laughs) (laughs) all right um cool is there anything you want to plug before we go off um we don't have anything to plug (laughs) listen (laughs) listen to sprite um check out specialist subject records I think without those guys, we probably would have broken up fucking ages ago. So make sure you buy their stuff and support all the bands that they work with. Um, Yeah, they're doing a cool thing over quarantine Mm. where there's live streams of various artists from all over the world, most Tuesday nights on Instagram. So follow them. It's been great. At Specialist Sub, I think it is maybe. Uh, I'm sure you'll find it. We are at Don't Worry Band on everything. If you haven't heard us before, we're called Don't Worry. Nice one. So, uh, we don't know. We don't know what happened, what, what's gone on, but um, <laughs> you should have heard something. Who? Uh, <laughs> next week we are interviewing. Ooh. I'm not even sure. <laughs> oh no! All right, we, we'll, we'll see you then. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>